love making this podcast and we would love to have it supported by a listener like you. So uh, go ahead, click the link in our show notes and join the awesome empire. Welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric, too. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, Mr. I've Already Run Five Miles Today, Robertson. Good Eric, morning. Eric Robertson. Good morning. <laughs> uh, Eric is crushing his half marathon training. I, on the other hand, signed up for the full marathon and have proceeded to not continue to train for it whatsoever. <laughs> and if that doesn't sum it up right there, I don't know what does. And we are so excited to have you here, whether you have completed what you have signed up to do or not. 160. This is episode 160. We're getting in the mixty. <laughs> I was excited to say that. Thank you for laughing at my joke. Pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Different is good but also hard. (laughs) That is the title of this episode, which I, for one, am very excited to share with you. It feels like it's been a minute for me on the podcast. Yeah, it's been like three weeks, probably. I miss you guys. How are you? Are you thinking about me like I'm thinking about you? We missed you. What are you doing today? Your hair looks really good. It has been a big week. For me, a big couple of weeks, a big couple of months, honestly, a couple of years. So eight days ago, my debut premiere book, You're Already Awesome, birthed its way into the world. It has been such an exciting, interesting, different, different (laughs) experience. I just wanted to talk to you guys today about growth and change. You know, that's the point really of this podcast is this growth, this metamorphosis to feel a little bit more awesome than you did before, which, you know, underlying, we're talking about personal development, growth. For the book launch party, I did a butterfly theme. And the reason I did a butterfly theme is because this idea of change and metamorphosis has been so huge in my life over the last few years as I've overcome some sickness, as I've been healing old wounds. I know that I've shared this with you before, but I really wanted to share with you in real time what it has felt like to make these changes that if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, if you've been on this journey with us for a while, you know the the challenges that I face in terms of putting things out in the world, anxiety, ruminating, and honestly, just a lot of self-doubt, which exists very lovingly with a lot of, I feel called to do this thing. I want to do this thing. I want to put good into the world. You know, I'm just excited and also chill <laughs> to share what that actually feels like, because here's what I can say. And here's what I know for sure. I did what I set out to do. 
what I told God, the bargain that I made with the great divine when I got a book deal at my lowest breaking point, at the the point when I decided I really was going to pack up my bags and leave town and just be done with this sharing of myself and putting myself out there situation. That's when I got the book deal. And so I was really excited because that's essentially why I started blogging. That's essentially why I wanted to do all the things I was doing, I think was to kind of give myself like this validation or even let's say instead of looking at it so harshly that instead of validation, it was preparation, that it was part of the process, that it was part of the metamorphosis, if you will, of becoming a person who not only could write and share and put the stuff into the world that I wanted to put into the world, but a person who could do it without so much suffering, without so much discomfort that it was at such a high cost to my family, my body, and my loved ones. So the deal that I struck, the bargain that I made, whether it was with God or the devil, were st- <laughs> it's felt like it's been a little bit of both, was I will show up, I will do the work, but I am not writing this book. I will sit at my desk, I will prepare myself emotionally and mentally, and I will allow inspiration to flow through me, but I don't know what to say, and I am not doing it the way that I did it before. What's the way that I did it before? White knuckle, holding on for one more day. It's like deadline to deadline, all other things cease to exist. The project in front of me, the work in front of me is the only reality in front of me. You want to talk about a vacation happening in a few months? No way. You want to talk about this thing the kids have going on at school? No, I can't. I'm too stressed. I have to be focused on this one all-consuming task and deadline. And it's not that I intentionally lived my life that way. That's just how life has always been for me. I can remember being a a junior, planning the senior prom, feeling the exact same way. I just can't wait until this prom is over, this event that I'm planning, going to dances in high school, I would get so anxious and so stressed and feel just so overwhelmed that I would just say, okay, in 24 hours, this will be done. And that is how I lived so much of my life. In 24 hours, this will be done. In 48 hours, this will all go away. Though I've had an incredible, beautiful life, I just got to a point with healing and metamorphosis and change where I decided to refuse to accept that as the only way to live. And when it came time to write the book, I had been preaching and teaching and sharing on this podcast for about five or six years. And I just, I was done. I was done doing my life with so much pain. I remember saying as I went to my doctor to start to get help to look at new options and different things, I said to him, I don't know anybody who dedicates as much time and as much energy to feeling just okay. (laughs) I don't know anybody who spends more time just trying to be okay than I do. And I refuse to accept this baseline anymore of this much difficulty. And so that's how I went into the end of 2020 and the beginning of writing this book. And now it is August 2022. The book has come out. The book is in the world. And I can say I did it. I did it. I L Woods. I did it. I (laughs) did it. And I am so proud. Proud. It's so weird. Like when people tell me they're proud of me, I used to not really like it. Like unless it was somebody who was really close to me, I'd be like, why are you proud of me? Are you trying to take ownership of me? You don't know me. Like (laughs) 
Would that bother you, Eric, if like some random person is like, oh, you put this album out. I'm so proud of you. Like somebody that you don't have a personal relationship with. I don't know. That's a weird. Uh, no one said that to me. Yeah, because okay. you're a man, I think. It's a really interesting thing, but it doesn't it doesn't bother me now. And so if you've told me you're proud of me, I'm I'm proud of me, too. Thank you for telling me that. It seems to me if someone's proud of you that they really look up to you. It's not like a, a looking down, like we're proud of our kids. I think as adults to adults, it's like, oh, I really respect what they did. I'm really proud that you did that. Yeah, I think I took it as like ownership, like you were with me for it, like or, you know, you presume to know me well enough to like be proud. I It was a personal problem. But all of that to say I think, you know, the reason it was a personal problem is because I had that issue of taking pride in myself. Well, there's my mind just blew, actually. My mind just actually was blown open. Different is good, but it can be hard. (laughs) And that's the title of this episode. And that's the reality that I find myself in eight days post book launch. I did it. I wrote the book. I did an event. Not only did I do an event, I did it not on adrenaline. So I have a really amazing therapist that I've been working with recently. And that was kind of where we landed. I saw her about four or five days, you know, after the event, she came to the event and I just was kind of sitting there in shock, having a hard time feeling anything. When you've been fueled by adrenaline, when you've been fueled by anxiety, when you've been fueled by depression, when you've been used to one emotional state, my experience is that it can be disorienting to, you know, maybe have a set of circumstances and feel a different emotional state. So before you like throw in the towel (laughs) and you're like, wait, why would I go through all this metamorphosis and change and healing only to feel weird (laughs) and disoriented and out of place? It's because it's just ticking up that bar of next level living for you. Your comfort zone is being expanded. And that is so what has been happening. And talking with my therapist and talking with Eric and talking, you know, with my sister and and close loved ones, that expansion of moving into this new space where I have an event with over 200 people there and I don't have to manage how they all feel. That's really a different feeling for me. It's a really different experience. And like all things, when they change, there is almost a sense of grief and loss. And I feel like that can be really odd, an odd feeling when it's a change for the better, a change for the positive. But I also have really felt this strong pull, this strong tendency to go back to what I know. And what is what I know? What I know is self-doubt. What I know is fear. What I know is trying to manage the thoughts of everyone, how everyone's perceiving me. What I know is going on and getting a response that is favorable and, and thinking, oh, I'm doing great. And then going on and seeing that the stars on my book or my audiobook have gone down a little, but they didn't say anything. So, so what is it? right? That's what I know. What I know is fixating on that. What I don't know is what I'm learning how to do right now. What I don't know is how to do the huge soul expansive thing and then take my hands off the wheel. What I don't know is what that feels like. And let me tell you, it's kind of crazy and it's difficult, but it is also so incredibly Beautiful. 
And I want to share with you my favorite change, my favorite. I don't really love the before and after game because I have compassion before the before and what is even the after. But this is one change, which is different, which has felt so good, is it was time to do the event. And I had some friends who had said they were going to do a butterfly dance with me. And then they kind of flaked and didn't tell me that they weren't coming. And (laughs) it was like, I had really thought that this was going to happen. And it's just weeks before the event. And I'm like, oh, this was, I don't think they really realized I was really serious about this being like an integral part of the event. I had planned it that way in my mind. It was going to flow that way. Because they weren't able to come, I thought, why don't I have Eric get up there and do a butterfly dance with me? And I just, I wanted to like kick off the, there was a meditative portion of the book launch and lots of fun services and healing and pampering because I just, I didn't want it to be just a dance party. Not that that's not great, but I wanted it to be like the book. And the book is healing and fun. It's not just fun, it's healing. It's not just pop culture quotes and references. It's deep spiritual principles. And that's what I wanted the event to reflect. And that's the experience that I wanted and want to continue to bring into the world. Because this thing went differently, meaning the people who I thought were going to be there weren't there, it occurred to me, wouldn't it be so fun to have my kids there? And after two years, and let's be honest, almost a lifetime for Ginger, of seeing their mom with the aftermath of being on stage, with the beforehand prep of going out there and giving to the world. I want them there to see me shine. I want them there to bask in the fun. I want them there to be a part of what I've created. And I think this is something that a lot of anxious or people who live with a lot of trauma or fear or dysregulated nervous systems, we like to keep everything compartmentalized. We like to keep everything in its its little bucket, in its little section, so that you don't have to control as much. And that's, that's a hard pill to swallow when you realize you've been doing that. But I've swallowed it and I own it. It's something that I've done in the past and it's something I'm sure I'll continue to do. But in this instance... I wanted my family there. So I had, it was the first day of school and I bought my kids and Eric matching t-shirts with butterflies on them. Coordinated with a, a wonderful nanny that we have to, you know, bring the kids at a certain time so they would be there, you know, to come on stage and, and do this. And it was their first day of school and I hadn't seen them. You know, I welcomed everyone to the event. I emerged from a chrysalis that my sister-in-law Chelsea made, made this entrance, talked a little bit, did a little bit of a meditation, had my friend Brie Ray sing the most beautiful, soulful song. Oh, I love Brie Ray. Look her up on Spotify and Apple Music. She is incredible. And then I brought my kids on stage and Rad, my nine-year-old, is the one who choreographed. I said, Rad, I'm not sure what I want the butterfly dance to be. Will you just figure that out for us? And he's like, yeah. And he came in the morning of the event and was like, mom, I've got the butterfly dance (laughs) figured out. And then we struggled for creative control, but we landed on something we could both agree. (laughs) 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 And it was the most meaningful part for me was to have my kids come up one at a time. I brought them on stage one at a time and I asked them how their first day of school was. And then we 
led everyone together with a completely ridiculous butterfly dance. And then they stayed. They were there for probably another hour. I mean, they were partying hard on a school night. Can you say Rad's quote, which is the best quote of all time? What he said to Amber. It was something like, (laughs) Amber's a neighbor. And she's like, Rad just came up to me. And he's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go get a ton of drinks. And then like (laughs) ran off. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to go down a bunch of drinks. Which it was like flavored waters, by the way. But it's like frat boy Rad. just like He was having the time of his freaking life. Of his life. And then Ginger was on the dance floor. Ginger will dance like when I, Ginger's our 11 year old and she'd just gotten her braces and she just started sixth grade. And so she's just, she's just like, she's like Eric. So she'll dance and she'll have fun, but she also just like watches me and is like laughing about it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like. <laughs> and then Fiona spent an hour at the tattoo, fake tattoo butterfly <laughs> part and covered her whole body and even got my dad to get a tattoo on his head. I'm going to post that picture on Instagram because there is a picture of Michael Robertson, Eric's dad, reading my book, eating popcorn with a butterfly tattoo on his bald head. And it is the best thing that ever happened to the world. And so she went to school the next day with two giant, so her second day of school. So we like to make a good impression. (laughs) Two giant butterfly tattoos on her thighs, two giant butterfly tattoos on her arms. And then she, until like as of yesterday, had butterfly temporary tattoos all over her face. Yeah, they're starting to look very bad. Yeah. Just like smudges of ink. <laughs> She's like, I like them. I like them. Like, okay. Are and they gone now? I don't... They're gone. Okay, she, finally. she finally, I hope we didn't shame her out. I like of how it. it's eight days later and I don't know if it's if it's gone. I, that's She's always putting on crazy makeup or something. She is. She is. And we just like let it fly and then love to think what people must think of us when the kids are at school. <laughs> But it just was such a special part of the event for me. It was such a special moment of victory, such a special moment of metamorphosis and transformation to be able to enjoy and be present with the people I love because I am not trying to manage everything because I am not trying to control. And the reason I'm not trying to manage and the reason I'm not trying to control is not because I'm better than I used to be, but simply because I've healed, simply because I continue to heal. And so I have had lots of mixed feelings on and off about the book and how people are going to read it, what's it going to do. Mostly what I land at is I have no idea what's going to happen and I have no idea. And people are like, how's it going? How's the book going? We went to a a party last night with like a bajillion people. It was very overwhelming, (laughs) very overwhelming, but very kind that so many people were coming up and saying, oh, I'm congratulations. How's it going? How's the book? And my answer is, I don't know how it's going. I don't know how many copies I've sold. I don't know how many downloads or reviews. I don't know, like, in that sense. I I know this. I know in this sense, it's going miraculously because I'm here. And I've been in bed some days and I've had some down moments and I've had anxiety attacks and I've had, you know, different fluctuations, but they're just not as severe. They don't hit as hard and they don't last as long. It really, really feels like a miracle. And it is a miracle. And it is the miracle of the message of my book, You're Already Awesome, which I am so proud 
is my message. That's the message I get to share is you don't have to do more, be more, earn more, be better, be different in any way, and you are already glorious and wonderful. And then the rest of the book is returning you to That's true, but it's also difficult. Different is good, (laughs) but it's also hard. And I was looking at the book and I wanted to share just a section of the book that I felt like supported this. So the book is set up. If you haven't got it yet, don't worry. It's only been out a week. You still have time. And if you listen to the podcast, you're really going to like the audiobook because it's me. And Eric did such awesome music and little ditties and really fun stuff with it. The book is set up with 12 shifts. And when I was thinking about this, different is good, but it's hard. Interestingly enough, of the 12 shifts, One of the shifts, and the shifts are to be a shift in thought, a shift in perspective, a shift in compassion for yourself, for others, to return you to this feeling of your divinity, to your wholeness, to your awesomeness. And this is shift number, let's see, I don't know, I think it's seven. It would be cool. Like, what if one day I know what they all are? Yeah, it is. It's seven. Oh my gosh. And I had a dream with the number seven the other night. Seven is actually a really powerful spiritual number. Except on the craps table. Oh my gosh, we did. We learned how to play craps. I think that's interesting that it's like, and you're not supposed to say the number seven. Yeah, the the, 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 the people, dealer. Yeah, they wouldn't say it. They just pointed at it. That is so funny. Ooh, I love deep superstition like that. I love to unpack that. Okay, so shift number seven is feeling my feelings sets me free. So this is super interesting because... How funny is it that I wrote the freaking book and it still takes me a second to like put two and two together? (laughs) That different is good, but also hard because what different is inviting you to do is to sit in your feelings. What different is inviting you to do is explore feelings that you've shut yourself off from. What different is inviting you to do is to imagine and allow a reality where things that you thought had to be a certain way are not that way and it's still okay. It's like I just wrote a poem right there. Okay, so in that section of filling my feelings sets me free, shift number seven, I share my concept of sucky situations. And this is something that I've shared in keynotes. I'm sure I've shared it on the podcast. But this sucky situation, and these are situations that in this chapter, what I'm talking about is they put you into a state of doing. And so I have a concept in the book in keynotes where you hear the, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. And it sounds the alarm of the do do the do, the do alarm and when you hear that do alarm to realize there's most likely a feeling to be felt and so when we're constantly reaching and searching to do to do to do what do i do with this situation what do i do with this emotion it it is simply feeling the feeling will set you free so i wanted to share this sucky situation number 1 and right before it it says if you hear the alarm of the do Huzzah! You've noticed there's a feeling to feel. And if you're having a hard time feeling it, you can ask yourself if you might be in the messy middle of avoiding or not realizing one of these sucky situations. And just in honor of this episode, in honor of the situation and the circumstance I find myself in, let's talk about sucky situation number one. Okay, so I'm going to hop back into the book. Things turned out differently than you thought they would. Losing a child, getting cancer 
going through a divorce, losing a job, being betrayed by a friend. One of the reasons it hurts so much is because we simply weren't expecting it. The shock of the year 2020 is a crazy universal, things turned out differently than you thought they would. It all turned out wildly differently than we thought it would. We had made plans and dreams, scheduled vacations and made investments, all based in the reality that this one thing would turn out in a certain way. And then it did not. Oh, holy hell, it did not. Why does this suck? Not just because of the grief and the loss and the physical difficulties of something like an illness or divorce. It sucks because it messes with our sense of safety, which is a base and core human need in any human needs psychology model. The need to feel secure and that we can gain pleasure and avoid pain. It sucks because it toys with us and mocks the illusion of control we all desperately hang on to. How I feel in sucky situation number one will be different from how you feel. I've been having friends make lists of how they feel in each of these three sucky situations. We all have different emotions listed in each column. I invite you to jot down in your book or elsewhere what emotions each suck brings up. Honestly, the language that you use on a day-to-day basis will speak to you the most. The power in identification is understanding. It's easier to allow ourselves to feel when we understand why something just plain sucks. No supposed tos, no shoulds, no I'm ungrateful for feeling this, just oh, I feel fear. And if you want to know the other two sucky situations, you can get the book. But... In the book, I give these examples of things turned out differently than you thought they would, uh, like such as grief, divorce, illness. Isn't it interesting that it also applies to the joys and the successes? It absolutely applies. It totally does. And so this universal feeling of things being different, it still completely relates to that feeling of certainty that we crave. But I want to just offer, I want to give to you with a little bit of compassion and love that different is good. Different is good. And so as you heal, as you feel a little bit more awesome than you did before, as you make the the changes that you hope to make, as the dreams come true for you that I know will come true for you, as you achieve things that you're not forcing, but they just beautifully come together as you surrender and as you move into inspired action and flow. This is a very helpful thought. Different is good. It's what we've been longing for. It's what we've been searching for. But as I was talking to some friends who are in the middle of huge faith transitions and they just feel so disoriented Even though they're coming into a truer part of themselves, they're coming into truer understanding of how they feel with their relationship with the divine versus religion versus all the things. I just felt the need to keep saying to them, just give yourself so much compassion in this. Just give yourself so much compassion in this. In your successes, in your dreams, in your frailty, in your failures, just give yourself so much compassion. Just give yourself so much compassion, my beautiful, beautiful friends. When things are good, it's good. And when things are bad, it can be bad. (laughs) It's all part of this beautiful human experience and my definition of awesome, which is your inherent non-negotiable worth, your inherent non-negotiable value, whether it's good, whether it's bad in your circumstances, in your core, in the truth of you. You are whole. 
You are beautiful. You are already awesome. I am so grateful to get to share this message. I am so honored that this is part of my mission. I am so honored that this is part of what I have been put here to do is to share this simple truth. And as I have been working to heal and as I have been working to overcome and understand really difficult things that have happened in my life, in my history, and the lessons I've learned on how to make peace with them and how to move forward with compassion, there's part of a hymn that keeps coming to me, and it's uh, just this line, I would learn the healer's art. And that's what I believe I've been doing. Everything is healing. Everything is healing. It's all about healing. Love is healing. Just the premise of being human and mortal, even from like a Greek mythology standpoint, is the gods are up there as these master game makers and mortals, you know, the gods are endlessly interested by the mortals because we have this limited time span. We have this limited lifeline of mortality. And just the very nature of that, the rift of that, the discordance of that invites the need to heal. And it's all healing and it's all love. And I am really, really grateful to be learning imperfectly but enthusiastically the healer's art. I hope that you are able to take something from this. Different is good, but it's also hard. (laughs) And it's all good. I just want to thank you again for your support. I know podcast listeners are out there buying the book, sharing it. I just really believe, really, really believe in your beauty, your worth. And I really believe in the message in this book that poured through me. And I'm grateful, uh, overwhelmed, and honored (laughs) to get to do it. Eric... How are you feeling? What are you doing? What are you What are you looking at over there? Um, I thought we'd read reviews from Amazon. Okay, but that's good. But then also, I get nervous. Why? <sighs> Different what, is good. What are you trying to defend? Different is good. <laughs> what are you trying to hold on to? <laughs> I'm going to slap you. Okay. A review from Amazon. <clears throat> this is awesome. So, About my book? Yeah. Oh, I wrote a book. Did you guys hear? <laughs> so the, this, is where, this is where we'd love to solicit your reviews from. Dear yes, listeners, uh, dear listeners, a- Amazon reviews. If you could just go give me a five star review. If you don't want to give me five stars, you can just like not give leave a review. <laughs> keep or, it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> um, Audible as well. Uh, you don't even have to write anything. If you just if you've read the book, you're reading the book, and you feel like giving a review, it is really really helpful. But we also love podcast reviews. I feel like we're so grabby. Thank well, you for your th- reviews. This is a, this is a special time. I mean, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's a special time. Yeah, it's great. It's so special. This is from LD Greenwood. They say Allison has done it again. Her work, her words, and her joy is evident on the page. I laughed three times in the first chapter, and it's only gotten better. If you need someone to tell you that you're awesome, and then break down exactly why that is, pick up this book. It'll instantly brighten your day. I promise. Thank you. Uh, LD Greenwood, if you are listening to this podcast, shoot us an email at heygirlattheallisonshow.com and we will send you one of my gratitude journals, which are very awesome. Wait, oh, this is what I want to talk about. There is a really, really, really fun quiz 
that I made that I am so proud of that I have barely talked about because I've just been focusing on getting the book out and surviving. But if you go to youralreadyawesome.com, that's Y-O-U-R-E, alreadyawesome.com, there is a what's your awesome magic quiz. And I made it and I it is so good. And I'm going to tell you a secret. It's based on the four elements. So essentially, it's take the quiz to help you uncover and really see in a new perspective your awesome magic. And then each of the results ties to some of the shifts in the book that would be beneficial for you. And so it will tell you the shifts right there. I decided to base this quiz on the four elements fire, water, earth, and air, um, as in magic, mythology, tarot, astrology. Every single person that I know who has taken the quiz has gotten what their astrological element is. That's so pretty cool. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying it will happen for everyone, so I'm excited to tell you guys so you can you can let me know if it's true for you too. But I'm a Scorpio, which is water. That's a water element, and you can just Google it. And that's not shocking because I'm always talking about flow. And <laughs> But the awesome magic for water is like the river, the river that gives or something. I don't know. I wrote it. You can go see. So, and then when I took the quiz the second time, I got the spark, which is like my secondary element, which is fire, which is really like when I answered like my second most true questions and Eric, you got the rock, right? Yeah. And as a Gemini, you're an earth sign. And so, wait, or were you the breath? Oh yeah, I was You breath. were the breath. Yeah, because I was going to say Gemini is an air sign. Yeah. Yeah. Breath. So you got, the breath, but I bet if you took it again, you would get the rock because you're secondary earth sign. But that's just a little bit of astrological mumbo jumbo for you. That's my grandma Jeannie talking. I've been wearing her ring, so it's pouring through me. So <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for celebrating with me. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being you. And I want to remind you only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. My beautiful, talented, sexy musician of a husband, what are you taking us out on? This is from my latest album. The album's called Morning in the Cathedral. Okay, this is such a good album. You have been getting rave in person. You told me last night someone came up to you and said they literally listened to this. Yeah, there were some people at your party that say they listened to it like all day. (laughs) Like all day, like... The guy last night, John, right? He was like, I listen to it when I'm writing. I listen to it when I'm... Before bed. All the time. All the time. Yeah, this, this, uh, this album is definitely an energy shifter. You know, music is frequency and there's different frequencies that bring different energies. And this definitely will, will move your energy into a better place. Hopefully. No, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, this, uh, this, uh, song is called Night Moon Meadow and I'll, I'll link to the album in, uh, in the show notes. And you can also license these songs from my library, Pleasant Pictures Music Club. This is Night Moon Meadow. Thank you.
Thank you.